How's it going, everybody? Welcome to episode 33 at Fear Frequency. I didn't fact check that. You're right about that, right? Like it's 33, right? Pretty sure. How sure are you that it's 33? Um, <laughs> let me go to our website. Let me check out our, our website. <laughs> I don't know why I have a feeling we've already done 33. <laughs> oh, you're right. It's 33. Okay. Oh, nice. Anyways, it's me, Jimmy. I'm back with George. How you doing? Good, man. What's up? Uh, we took a week off again. Yeah, we seem to be doing that kind of frequently. Yeah, but it's the last one because I had to go to E3. So basically, last year at E3, we went every day because they announced like new hardware, you know, which yeah. is Austin Evans' bread and butter. If you guys didn't know, it's hardware. Uh, this year, they did not announce any hardware. They like stealth announced the new Xbox said they're working on it but like they didn't announce it you know there's no new hardware for us to play with so of course the only day we actually went to e3 was tuesday and on sunday i had to go to the xbox thing and uh it was just a really busy week so we didn't want to like record on friday and post an episode and then post a new one today you know like that seemed kind of dumb yeah not too much news in between friday and monday <laughs> yeah we i mean we missed some stuff but we'll just talk about it now and It'll be fine. But anyways, if you were following me on Twitter, you probably saw that instead of being on our podcast last week, I got to go on uh, Jake and Andrew's podcast because video games. I'm there. I was their first guest and I didn't ruin their show. So that was pretty cool. Congratulations. Yeah, thanks. 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 And then they, <laughs> they showed me how to uh, submit to Spotify. Oh, uh, Andrew, Andrew did. He was like, I use Libsyn, but it's very similar to Podbean. Here's how you do it. And I was like, oh, cool. Thanks, dude. So we're submitted to Spotify, but it took them over like two months to get accepted. But that was also because Spotify wasn't taking submissions when they submitted. So I'm hoping we'll get it a little quicker than they did. But we also discovered a new tool in our podcast hosting service that lets us automatically post the episodes to YouTube as soon as they're published. So this episode and every episode going forward will be on the Fear Frequency channel, which I set up today. It's public and everything. So if you're into watching or listening to the show on YouTube, it'll be there for you on the Fear Frequency channel. And it'll be linked in the sidebar of my YouTube channel. Nice. That'll be good to have another easier avenue for people to access it. Yeah, people like uh, watching podcasts on YouTube, I think. Yeah. Or maybe they don't. I don't know. We'll find out. (laughs) We'll test the numbers. (laughs) I mean, I don't know. I didn't ask anyone. <laughs> it's not like I put out a poll or anything, but I hear scream off in the distance of a non-canonized man. Oh, I, I hear it Dr. too. Loomis. I hear him oh, all the way weird. from Haddonfield. We got a big Halloween alert because we missed last week, so we missed the trailers. The trailer dropped like over a week ago, and they did a whole thing with it. Like they led up to it with teasers for the teaser and for the teaser. They released interviews. They released set visit reports. And I've been going hard on my YouTube channel, dude. I've yeah. become a daily, <laughs> daily Halloween YouTuber, basically. And it's been going really well. Uh, but basically, this trailer, man, it's good. I liked it a lot. Yeah, this looked pretty amazing. It, it felt really good to finally see the trailer because I was right about so many of the things I predicted. <laughs> that was kind of cool. And it looks really good. Like, they shot it in the exact same visual style as the first one. Like, this looks like it fits right into that world to me. Yeah, yeah. the cinematography looks great. I mean, just the color grading and 
the huge uh, open vistas of like the one scene where he's in the middle of the field where they have all the people chained up and it's yeah, like that yeah. really cool like black and or uh, red and white tiles across the yard and everything it just looks like very cool to me yeah but the real bread and butter is we got to see the teeth the i didn't teeth. know if that was going to be in the trailer but <laughs> they worked it in really well and you know what the people who were reporting on it at CinemaCon, if they did their research like i did <laughs> they'd know that that was not some random teenage girl that was uh, one part of the documentary crew that may or may not kick off this whole event of Michael escaping. They end yep. up at a mechanic's garage, and Michael chases her into the bathroom. And it looks like he's hitting his own head on the stall door, but I think that's the male camera guy. Oh, like he is puts the mask on that guy since he brings it to Michael? No, 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 no. So Michael goes in the bathroom with his mask on, right? Yeah. And there's a, there's a quick freeze frame of curly hair slamming on the door but it's brown so uh-huh. you think it might be michael and his mask slamming his own head on the stall door uh-huh. but i i freeze framed it it's, it is the guy the, the other guy the guy who holds out the mask to michael so uh it's not clear if he lives or dies in that scene but i would assume I think, dead yeah me too and i think the teeth are, i think he might um, be missing a few teeth by the end of that scene well i think the teeth are the dead mechanics <laughs> but because that's where he's got to get his boiler suit right right but, dead mechanic right the but classic. um i was nervous that south carolina would be another pasadena in terms of looking like the midwest but it looked like fall i thought yeah i thought the setting looked great i mean it looked it looked like the original setting for uh you know the original movie but it mm-hmm. looked it didn't have like the inconsistencies the original one does where there's like palm trees in the background and stuff it, it looked like a real midwestern like fall area yeah totally and you know, the acting was pretty good. Um, I like the new characters they're introducing. Didn't see a lot of Judy Greer. No. Which I thought was kind of weird. Makes me kind of think she might die off pretty early in the movie. Yeah, um, I, I mean, it's you know, weird. She, like, you know she's she's going to get killed, right? Like, yeah, because, like, she's been in, I think, like, one or two pictures from the set. Like, there was that one picture of Jamie Lee Curtis, her, and then the granddaughter. And it was, yeah, like, you three know, generations. But So... Yeah, I think I think Lori's going to die in this movie and then the sequel, you know, her granddaughter will take up the mantle, you know. Yes. Yeah. I mean, this goes into our next story, but Danny McBride did an interview with EW and he basically said that the original plan they had was to shoot two movies back to back, but they decided not to do that, but he never said they didn't write a second movie. So going into this one, they can't, they went in with the mentality that if people like it, they they want to do a sequel. Which, Michael can't die then. Yeah, I mean, they can do something similar to the original movie where they leave it kind of open-ended. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, there is a final confrontation with Michael, but maybe he somehow escapes. You know, it seems like unnatural that he'd even be alive by the end of it, but somehow he gets away. Right. And so they can do something like that where it can be ambiguous, where if they never are able to make the sequel, then that can still be the end. Or, you know, if they do get the chance to come back when this movie makes a trillion dollars, then it'll, you know, they'll be able to pick up the story and finish it the way they want to. Yeah, and speaking of money, it was made for $10 million, which puts it in line with something like Split rather than Truth or Dare. You know, because Blumhouse, yeah. on their bigger movies, they spend around $10 million. So this, like, this movie's going to make a profit for Universal. Oh, for sure. That even seems low to me, $10 million for this movie. Like... Yeah, well, they gave the visit five million or something. Uh huh. 
which was like M Night Shyamalan's comeback movie, and then that did really well. But then they they gave him ten million for the prequel to uh, Unbreakable or whatever. So yeah, the Mr. Glass or whatever. Yeah, and then uh, the the Glass movie that's coming out definitely costs more than ten million because they, he went with a different distributor. It's not Blumhouse. Blumhouse oh. is producing, but. Split, but he's got getting the money million. from somewhere like, else. Split was a pretty big movie, you know. It had like yeah. uh, Anya Taylor Joy right right at her peak. It had James McAvoy, you know. Right. It had a lot of big names in it. So ten million seems about right. And yeah, you don't you don't need to pay a lot of money for a Halloween movie. No, I, I mean, think. really, you just need to have sort of realistic effects, and I mean, the suit doesn't cost anything because it's a rubber mask and a yeah, dude, a the mask suit. though. But the mask does look great. awesome. The mask looks oh. so good. It's very pointy. Yeah, it's, like, very well-weathered. It feels like... You know how, like, in the real mask, it was just sitting in that one prop lady's room who smoked cigarettes every day until it disintegrated? It almost yeah. looks like that's what the mask did, like, in between them, the original movie yeah, and this yeah. one. Uh, people think that that, doc, that, like, true crime doc crew that comes, they think that one of those people is related to Loomis, which, like, I don't know, that'd be mm, kind of stupid. On the I don't know. The, I, I don't really think that that is like a great hook no dude and you know what else bugged me is that Lori was singing that song in the teaser they released it looked like they adr'd it in but like come on like she's not <laughs> singing that same song 40 years later like i i get that it's a sequel and you want to pay homage to the original because it's also serving as a reboot but seriously like there are so many references in this trailer that it was kind of it, it almost hit the point for me where it was like all right like do your like own thing almost too saturated with throwbacks yeah like in when a way. you see the three when you see Andy Madchek's character and her two friends Jenny Gardner and the other guy like walking down the street uh, that's exactly the same as yeah. when Lori is walking with the two girls like there there's so many different shots in this trailer that are direct references so I hope that they showed them all in the trailer because I don't know if I could handle much more than that in the actual movie yeah it's something where you don't want like a straight you know a shot for shot remake especially yeah, for I, a movie like this where it yeah. seems like they're getting so many things right about it that we don't really need to see i mean obviously the original movie is a masterpiece but we don't really need to see it again like yeah from i don't want to see director's perspective and i think it was really smart to cut out halloween 2 now i, I mean i always have been down for it but that'll stop it from feeling like h20 and uh, I think it was really smart to cut that out because, you know, Lori is filling the Dr. Loomis role, right? Right, yeah. So, basically, if, if like, they didn't cut out Halloween 2, she couldn't do that. Because by cutting out Halloween 2, it brings down his kill count to five people. His sister, uh, the mechanic, and then the three babysitters, right? So right. Mm-hmm. that in 40 years, you just you'd lose your fear of Michael like as Haddonfield you know you're like a generation or two removed from that event and he's just a murderer at that point so she's gonna look crazy for knowing what he is and trying to prepare people of Haddonfield uh for when he breaks out you know like we know that he's the devil incarnate but the rest of Haddonfield doesn't right it's almost like it's interesting you bring that up because it's like when Loomis originally takes over Michael's care, it's after he sees him murder, you know, his family. So it's like his sister. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, now Lori got to see him firsthand kill like her friends. So it's like almost a similar situation where they've seen him kill like almost the same amount of people. Right. So I don't know. I'm, I'm really excited for it. 
I think the plot for this movie is just so simple by design that you really couldn't show anything in the trailer without giving it away. Um, but it, it looks good. I'm excited for it. I'm yeah. I'm more excited for it now. Like everything that comes out about it, I get more and more excited for it. So that's cool. I yeah, read was, all the set visit stuff too. Um, I mean, that's that all was cool, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it's cool to see like, you know, we've had all these kind of like ambiguous things come out about it and we all say like, yep, this sounds good. Sounds good. Like everything about it sounds like it's working, but to actually see, you know, some actual footage from what they're putting together, I think it actually does, you know, it looks like it has that amount of quality that we were hoping for the entire time. Yes, I agree. Um, there's, there's a bunch more news coming out about it, but basically like it, it looks good. There's a sequel in mind, which kind of pisses me off. I wish they just wrote one movie. Like I get that. I, I get that from the start, you know, that they want to do a sequel, but I wish they didn't write one, you know, because that already just spoils the fact that Michael Myers isn't going to die. Yeah, I mean, this movie. the issue with it is like, you know, if you think about it in real terms, this movie's going to come out and it's going to make so much money that there's no way that they this is going to be the return and end of Michael Myers. Like, they're, they are be, going though. to do. It's stupid. People, I don't know. I really think they should do what they originally planned and come out with a new, completely original movie every year called Halloween. Yeah, That's, just like uh, what they did with Halloween 3, where it was just a horror movie, but set yeah. in, like, you know, on Halloween. And I would also I mean, prefer that, obviously, because, I mean, we've seen Michael get stale pretty quick, and I feel like this might be the point. Yeah, history repeating like the, itself yeah. after this one comes out. So Exactly. You're right. Yeah, like, <laughs> I, I would also prefer kind of a more anthology take to it, but, you know. It's just... Michael worked in the first movie because of his simplicity. It, even in Halloween 2, which is a movie I like, they did too much there. Like, making him related to Laurie was stupid and impossible, just by, you know, genetics. And just, it when you add to the character, it ruins him. Like, the simplicity of Michael Myers is what makes him scary. Right. Like, it's he's like- just... He's a guy who picked three people to kill and one got away, so he wants to kill her too, you right. know? Yeah. You don't need this supernatural bullshit. And I, you don't need I the mean, thorn and all that. You can just... And yeah. H, H20 sucks, man. Like, sorry. I know people <laughs> like that movie, but it's it sucks. Like, Laurie is such a weak-ass character in that movie. The setting is garbage. Like, why why would you set that fucking movie in California? Like, the mask you're missing is terrible. the entire point. Yeah, CGI mask. Then they retcon the ending where someone got pissed that they killed Michael Myers on screen, so they just made that guy be a paramedic, and then Lori went crazy so they can kill her off Resurrection. Like, people... I don't know why people are so adamant that 2 is canon still and blah, blah, blah. Just let it go. Just let it go. Let H20 go. Let Halloween 6 go. Let Halloween 5 go. Let Halloween 4 go. Like, they're bad. I mean, I <laughs> They're think fun. Yeah. They're bad. I think, like, really the real argument for letting it go is, like, if there's a new director who is talented, who's done good work, and he wants to take on the material, and he thinks that he can write a better story if all these other parts of the mythos are omitted, then obviously that's what you should do, because at the end of the day, you want a better story over, you know, connecting it with all these, like, one incredible movie and a bunch of mediocre ones. Yeah. I I mean, I want to believe that people know what makes a good Halloween movie, but... Judging by the response on my review of 
Strangers Pray at Night. Like, I don't know what people Who knows? Like, <laughs> Who knows that, anymore? That movie fucking sucks. It's terrible. Like, it's just a bad movie, start to finish. There's, like, literally... I can't think of one redeeming thing now, probably because I saw it months ago, but... It just... It shits on so many different things. And that's that's my most, like, disliked video ever. It's 51% <laughs> dislikes. For no reason. It's just... it's It blows my mind. So... I don't know, man. If you want H20 to be canon, then just go watch H20, uh, I guess, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, it's not like they're deleting all the existing copies of the movie. You can still go watch it. It's just, you know. Yeah. These guys thought that it would be better if they didn't have to deal with all that baggage and they could start from, you People know. People just can't move on, man. Like, I think some of that's probably, uh, like, they grew up with, the older movies and they don't want to like forget about them because they right know. and no one's telling you to like i right. really like i acknowledge that halloween four and five are bad movies but i like those movies a lot because i watched them growing up on amc fear fest like i connected with those characters i really liked rachel jamie lloyd was a cool character i'm kind of mad that they didn't go with the idea they set up in four where she yeah. was going to be michael myers from then on but but every know, time every time they try to kill him the movie studios bring them right back. Some idiot can't, can't handle it. It's like these characters weren't made to exist on the same platform as Star Wars, you know, or Marvel. They're not that. Yeah, they're, they're not. Bad. They're they're villains. You know that they're villains. Yeah. <laughs> and you can only take that so far. You know, like I think Jason, you can take the farthest because he's kind of a joke. <laughs> like those movies are even Nightmare on Elm Street. Those like Nightmare on Elm Street works because they were going from comedy. Going for comedy horror from the beginning, I guess, except for the first one. But from two onward, those movies turn into comedies. Like, they were mostly scary, but, like, had very, very strong comedic aspects. But then you look at Friday the 13th. Well, and, like, Freddy's such a personality in those movies that, like, you want to keep seeing him come back. Because he's, yeah, he talks and he has, like, a whole gimmick to him and everything, so... That, yeah, you really like those movies, right? Yeah, I like the Friday the 13th movies. I like them too. And I like the show. I just and watched the, the Nightmare whole on Elm Street, box I mean. set. Oh, yeah, yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street. But Friday the 13th, just never really had a connection to it because like Jason just feels like a bad ripoff of Michael Myers. I like that it's a summer thing because there aren't enough summer horror movies, but then you can watch Sleepaway Camp or like The Burning, you know, and get a much better movie out of it. Yeah. I think the first Friday the 13th is great. Like two is pretty good and three is, I think three is probably the best one, right? Four is a lot of fun. Four is goofy. Yeah, I, I think yeah. four. I like four the best because it's so like fun. Yeah, it doesn't take that itself seriously ever. I mean, that's fine. You can like what you like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna get mad at you. Like people get mad when I don't like Halloween H20 or whatever. You know what? It's so really funny. People keep getting pissed at me for calling it H20. It's like, dog. It's not H2O. It's H20 because it's Halloween 20 years later and then right. they abbreviated it to H20. It's not yeah. H2O. Just it's because people water. call it that, it's so stupid. It's like, <laughs> that. Why, why would it be called H, H2O? I don't understand. Some Do you people, know? man. No, I don't know. I, I've always called it H20. I don't know why, <laughs> why people insist on calling it H2O. It's an abbreviation. The title is on the box. But... Hey, that's why they don't let us write these things, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> so that's all the Halloween news. It all looks good, right? 
yeah i'm really excited for it i can't wait for october yeah uh i'm gonna do a new video tonight (laughs) (laughs) on uh jamie lee curtis did an interview with some australian news company uh they released their set visit interview and she confirmed that she is the loomis character now that's cool yeah so i'm excited about that uh so next up this is a this is a long time coming for me but they released the nun teaser but you have a poster review for us yeah so the (laughs) audio form came out with a poster and on it it says the darkest chapter of the conjuring universe and for some reason the nun one of the ends is the right way and one of the ends is the opposite way yeah i don't get that and then you get like a half of valak's face kind of reminiscent of like the vhs star wars tapes where it have like you know, like half of like oh, Vader, yeah, yeah. like the stormtrooper's face or Yoda. Yeah. So, I, I, I'm not sure if that's supposed to be an homage, but <laughs> it's kind of I see what you're saying. Some, something that I noticed. Uh, not a great poster, in my opinion. <laughs> not, no. Like, not very visually interesting. Uh, but the trailer, on the other hand, looks pretty good. Yeah, the trailer was good. Um, so all my set visit reports came out because I got to go to Romania to see this movie get shot, or at least part of it. And the scene I got to see get shot is in the trailer, which I thought was kind of cool. Because I was like, oh, it looked really like not like a movie when I was watching it get shot. And then I saw it in the trailer, and it looked great. It's the one when – it's the jump scare one where uh, – what's her name? Tysa Farmiga's in the basement. Oh, really? That, you got that's to see what I got to see shot. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Awesome. It was cool. It was really fun. And – uh I don't know. The whole set is reports over on Bloody Disgusting, but if you want to just hear it here, I'm going to tell you right now. That movie looks sweet. They basically described it to me as Indiana Jones mixed with Castlevania, like Raiders of the Lost Ark Indiana Jones when it was kind uh-huh. of scary. Uh, it's very gothic horror style, like a Hammer movie. It's basically if you took Castlevania, a Hammer horror movie, and uh, Indiana Jones and Raiders of the Lost Ark and mixed them together. That's what this movie is. Um, well, it you, looks really cool. Yeah, you can totally see some of those, like, you know kind of over exaggerated gothic tones come through especially in uh like there's one scene in the trailer where it's um they're like looking on at the i guess the church in romania yeah and it's like the three oh people, that looked great yeah it's like the three people standing down below the church and the church is like up on a hill and you see all these mm-hmm. crosses and everything like that just looks like very like cinema like cinematically looks yeah like, yeah cool and like just very gothic and you know it really puts you in like this old school like like you said like a hammer film kind of like state of mind when you see things like that or uh when they're going down to the catacombs and it's you know just lit by like a torch it just looks cool they built that out of plywood like a giant they built a cathedral room out of plywood and then the hallway leading up to it with like that chain door like Uh the grating door and you look at it on the outside you're like that's just plywood and then you go inside and it looks like like you're in the oldest yeah it (laughs) it looked amazing like it was so cool and like the lady we met the lady who designed the sets and they got to actually shoot at church, like old cathedrals in Transylvania and Romania. Oh, that's really cool. And this lady, like the churches apparently were like, eh, we don't want you filming here. Like you only get this X amount of time. Like they're uh-huh. wishy-washy on it. So this lady was smart enough to, she did all the set designs in like Insidious and I think in some other movies. She was smart enough to take casts of like some of the stonework at the churches so they can replicate it on the soundstage. Oh, that's really cool. But you know what the weirdest part of being on that set was? There were like, a, there was a giant pack of stray dogs and... <laughs> None of them were uh, none of them were neutered or spayed or whatever, and like all the guy ones had huge nut sacks, <laughs> like so big, dude. 
it like still haunts me. I've been wanting to tell this story for over almost a year now because I went almost a year ago. These dogs they just follow you around. They, <laughs> their balls are dragging on the fucking floor, dude. <laughs> it was insane. They're just like running around this. Like you're in Romania, right? I'm not gonna lie. Romania, not the nicest country. I'd give it like a, like a good. Like it was fine. Yeah. You know, you get to the movie set. It's like the state of the art facility. It's incredible. Like the stuff that they had going on at this movie set is this warehouse on the middle of nowhere. They giant castles. Bell is great. Then you look around. There's all these fucking dogs just roaming around, <laughs> giant balls. And like the girl once had like the you know the you know when mom dogs are nursing, they have like 19 boobs, right? Yeah. That that look like that. You see that and like giant nuts and that. It's just like <laughs> like huge teats hanging off of them. I was like, oh man, like are they make are they filming Stalker? Like Chernobyl <laughs> the movie? Like what's going on? But that was bizarre. So that really freaked me out. Got me in a nice creeped out mood for the nun. Maybe they'll make a cameo in the movie. You never know. Uh, yeah, I took two taxis when I was there too, and they were both Dacias from PUBG. There you go. Like straight up, right out of the game. <laughs> I was like, oh, nice Dacia. And the guy was like, oh, you like? And I was like, yeah, dude. PUBG, baby. PUBG, I don't know what I was talking about. But... And he's like, I don't know what that is. <laughs> yeah, so <sighs> the nun looks good. Yeah, I'm definitely excited for it. Uh, I don't think there's going to be a dog with a giant ball set. I mean, it, but it looks pretty good. We haven't seen the movie, so we don't know. But uh, I, I think it's cool that they've been kind of leading up to this movie. Um, you, you know, obviously Valak was introduced in Conjuring 2, but even in Annabelle Creation, they had like a little throwback to uh, like the church in Romania that they're going to go to in this one. So it's cool that they are like yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. building the universe. That and, wasn't even planned. It was the set designer lady. She just took that picture from. Uh... They, she took the picture on the set of The Nun, I think, and then put it in The Conjuring 2. She was like, hey, put this in the movie. No, it was in, in uh, Annabelle Creation. Oh, Annabelle Creation, right. Yeah. The picture of the three nuns. She figured that out. She, like, made that happen. That's cool. That is, Yeah, like, it was the set designer lady. It's just, like, a cool little, like, attention to detail like that. Like, they're, they are, like, as weird as it is, they are kind of building, like, almost a, like, a Marvel Cinematic Universal with these Conjuring yeah. movies. Yeah, they're is, doing it right where they're making their own movies. But they're right. last second throwing stuff in to, you know, connect them. Right, they're still cool. kind of connecting them by a thread, which is good because, you know, a lot of people do like those movies. And if you throw The Conjuring on there, if you can put it on the poster, then that'll attract yeah. people for sure. Uh, so the trailer that I saw for The Nun didn't have the thing that everyone's talking about where it's like, stay till the end because there's a jump scare. Did you watch that? Yeah. What's the jump scare? It's just the one in the trailer. It's just the one where it's like... Oh, where The Nun comes out of the corner? Yeah. Wasn't scary. That's the so. end. I mean, th- that's the end of the trailer. So it's like oh, maybe then I people did see were, it. were turning it off before it was. Oh, They're too scared to see it till the there's end. There's not like a beat or anything. Like there's no break. It just keeps going. Like yeah, I mean, it's just the it's just the trailer. It's weird. I, I was really yeah. confused by that personally. Yeah, I don't know. Because I was like, that what? Movie's I'm coming out. Stop watching it halfway through. I feel like we're at a pivotal point with the Conjuring universe where it's either going to keep going up or it's going to crash hard. Because James Wan's not making the third one. Like, the phase two of the Conjuring universe starts now with the nun. Right. Then we then we get the Conjuring three. Then we get the Crooked Man. Ooh. I don't have a lot of confidence for the Crooked Man. So, you know, could go really well. Could go really bad. Guess we'll yeah. find out in September. Yeah. Fingers crossed, But the I trailer guess. was promising. Yeah. Was I, promising. I, I do say this looks cool, and I... 
I've been, like, kind of excited for this because I've always thought that since The Conjuring 2, like, Valak has been fucking terrifying and it's something I know, that, like, that was constantly such a in my nightmares. <laughs> Dude, yeah, that that's such a good villain. I love it. No problems there whatsoever with Valak. Like, that, yeah. that is really cool. That's a character that, when I saw it in that movie, I was like, I want another movie featuring this character. Yeah. So I'm glad that they're smart enough to do it. Right. Um, We'll get to E3, but I want to talk about everyone's favorite game next <laughs> friday the 13th you guys can you believe this one's in the news again and uh can you believe it's something bad that happened to it so I mean, you know how much we hate covering bad news about this game oh god we fucking hate. you know george i cut out a lot of you guys this is a peek behind the curtain we've cut out multiple times whole segments about this game because they felt too mean but you know what it's just one thing after the other Basically, what's going on is they are no longer working on this game, other than fixing bugs and getting dedicated servers running on consoles. Because Victor Miller, who originally wrote Friday the 13th, I guess set... So he's trying to claim ownership rights, at least partially to Jason, to get some royalties, which I get because he fucking wrote the movie, right? He's like trying to get his money. He's trying to, you know, get his cheddar. Get a little cut. From what I understand... Sean Cunningham is suing him back and part of the condition that Victor Miller set up was that anything after June 2018 that gets added to the universe, any new content including stuff in the game belongs in part to him and he deserves royalties but Sean Cunningham is like nah man like you were an employee when you wrote this movie so you don't own anything about it and he's like well no I wrote the movie before I was an employee and I just changed my script and then you guys took my concept and turned made the bad guy Jason so I deserve some money like blah 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 long story short Friday the 13th falls under this stuff lawsuits still going on but instead of uh saying that they'll wait till the lawsuit is finished even though it was supposed to be in october 2017 gun media and alphonic are just moving on they're taking the money and they're running and like i i get that there's people at gun who are massive fans of the franchise they did everything right from a design and character creation standpoint i think and, like getting everything in the universe right yeah but as as a game, this thing's been a fucking mess from the start. And honestly, I feel like this stuff that's going on with it wouldn't, would be a non-issue if they actually stuck to anything they said. Like, there were Kickstarter rewards that took forever to come out. The single-player challenges that we've been talking about since we started this podcast that were supposed to be out last year finally came out, but they had to delay them initially because they had to port the entire fucking game to Unreal Engine 4 because they didn't know about something in there. They wanted to fix... They, I don't know what was going on with that, but they had to port the entire game to Unreal Engine 4. And like, to their credit, it looks a lot better now. There yeah. was DLC that was supposed to... Dude, I'm not done yet, George. There's more <laughs> problems. There was DLC that was supposed to come out with Uber Jason with a new map and a new counselor that they added to the game with this giant May patch, but then uh, they didn't activate it. So people figured out that these characters and stuff and maps and everything were in the files of the game. So, of course, on PC, they figured out a way to just turn them on. And uh, Gun got pissed, patched them out of the game, and then June hit. So these, so Uber Jason is in the game, but you're never going to get to play as him. Because Gun got salty that people turned him on and started playing as him and took him back out. Well, and, and then, they probably legally can't add him back without paying that guy for any royalties. Right, right. They, they could have just flipped the switch before June, put him in the game. But they were like, he's not finished. <laughs> T- took him out. It's like... But you're patching bugs, you said. You said you're patching bugs still. Why didn't you put the unfinished Jason in? 
and yeah. patch it. And then at that point, you can just consider it a bug and just patch out whatever bugs he has. Right. So, like, I don't think... I think they just bit off more than they could chew with this game, and this is a good point for them to bow out, and they're taking it. Yeah, I mean, like you said, it's been kind of a, a mess since the start with... I mean, not only, like, the gameplay being pretty unrefined and server issues basically constantly going on since the game released. The game didn't work on Xbox One for a month. Can yep. you imagine if you bought a game and you just could Like, it had no single-player, guys, remember... After being delayed countless times, the single-player part of the game took until last month of 2018 to come out. Can you imagine, like, you buy a game and you can't play it for a month? I mean, that's ridiculous. It, it, it honestly is ridiculous that, you know, they had a Kickstarter where they thought that if they got X amount of dollars, they could make it. Then they release it as a game, and it's like, it sells a ton of copies as a game, and you still yeah. can't make it work just because... Uh, people want to play it you know so there's some server issues too many right. people were trying to play it and and they, they've been falling back bugs. on that we're five people but like we're a small team thing for so long it's like dog you sold so many copies of yeah. this game just hire more fucking people like yeah. what is going on but you know remember the controversy when the game actually launched they immediately started working on a new game at Elphonic. it's like what right your game's broken it, it's something where they definitely should have focused 100% of the effort on making sure that maybe not even to like patch the game to make sure it's functional but just to make sure that it, it like worked from the from day 1 instead of having all these issues going on and then it was a snowball effect you know first the servers weren't working and then this other issue happened and then this other thing and this other thing and it just kind of kept piling on it's like just make it a bigger and bigger mess countless issues dude like communication terrible like, they would just go extended silence. Then they're like, they come out like, yeah, we, we apologize for that, blah, blah, blah. They make a roadmap that they consistently change because they can't stick to it. And then, the, again, they don't even stick to it. How, how do you even have an issue where you have to port your game to an entirely different engine? I mean... <laughs> when has that ever happened? Have you ever heard of a multiplayer game doing that? Because no, I haven't. I've never like, heard of that A year after before. release? Like, no. This game could have been good. That's why it's so frustrating. Right. And you know, people got sick of it. I've been I've been paying attention to the Steam charts. And at this point in time, like before even any of this was announced, Dead by Daylight, which was hot garbage when it came out, manages to have 25,000 concurrent players and Friday the 13th, which has like which sold so many copies and had every opportunity to fix itself was peaking at, like, a 1,000 people on Steam playing it. Yeah, and had the big name recognition attached to it over Dead by Daylight of it being a legitimate yeah, part of the Yeah, and had good game. word of mouth from yeah. their fans as being a fun game. And they had the support, the undying support, and literally zero criticism from the biggest horror site. Yeah, so, I mean, it, it's kind of sad that this game has to be shut down because it could have yeah. been something that was, like, actually a really good game. But I just I don't know what could have fixed it. That's what I mean. The issue was it was an executed, it was executed poorly from the very beginning. So yeah, and we're not we're not accusing anyone of like doing anything on purpose. Just no, don't think like I don't think this game was planned out well enough. I think it's like an issue like you said where they bit off one they could chew. They thought they could make this game. I mean, originally it was supposed to be what it was like a it was called a camp summer camp summer camp, and it was like almost like a dead by daylight where it was like a killer 
game, so it was the same mechanics, but it didn't have Jason in it. And then right. they teamed up, and they actually got the license to the actual, you know, to use Jason in it and everything, and they completely, like, overhauled it. But right. and I, I don't know. It seems like they probably had lower, like, ideas of where it was going to go when they had it originally as that summer camp game. And then once it became this whole thing where it got the Friday the 13th name and all these people became interested in it, I think that just became too much to handle for a small team and they didn't you know properly build out their team the way that they should have to support a massive multiplayer game and you know it, yeah. it just seemed like it, it wasn't something they were prepared to fully embrace no and they could have though if they just hired more people and like got more servers like how is dedicated servers still a problem that you're dealing with a year out like that should have been fixed month one i want to say like when the servers weren't working originally because peer-to-peer sucks and no one likes using it in multiplayer games. Right. They could have just fixed it then. I mean, no one could play the game anyway on Xbox. Just turn the game off for a couple <laughs> weeks and port it to dedicated... Do whatever you got to do, man. Like, And then, remember when it came out and those Tom Savini codes were selling on eBay and they were adamant that those were fake codes and people were getting scammed and blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. It turns out that all those codes were real and they got just got stolen from them and they just didn't know. <laughs> How do you not know? How do you not figure that out? Like, yeah. <laughs> like get your shit together. Seriously. Like, yeah. you're running a game as a service. You're taking people's money. You're selling paid DLC. You're putting out physical copies. Like, just get it together. And then now they, they finally feel like they're getting on track, and then now they can't work on the game anymore. Yeah. Like, so I'd it's, be, it sucks. If, that... I, if I backed this game on Kickstarter, I'd be fucking pissed, dude. Yeah, and I think... Obviously, there's a lot of people that are in that boat because a lot of people backed it on. Like, it's not their fault that there's a lawsuit, but it is their fault that this game was so poorly managed from the Kickstarter, from the very beginning. Right. They should have had contingencies in place for lawsuits or, you know, you know, should have built out their team better, should have had more servers. But at the end of the day, you know, this is the Friday the 13th game we got, and unfortunately it just kind of crashed and burned. Yeah, well, there's 10 single-player levels now. Well. So, you know. That's something, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) This is the last time we're going to talk about it on the show. That's why I'm just kind of, like, letting it all out now. Yeah, just just put the actual nail in the coffin. I mean, you know, I covered this game since before it came out. I played the Virtual Cabin. I was the fifth person to beat it, to, like, solve all the puzzles. Mm -hmm. And, like, all the way up until the point of October 26th, 16 when this game was supposed to be released they never said anything until the actual release date that they initially said and then they delayed it it's like you wait till the day it's supposed to be out when your kickstarter backers are like what the what's going on guys yeah where's this thing we back you wait till the day it's supposed to be out to delay it like yeah it's just kind of you know just poor management of the game poor execution i mean hopefully they learn like obviously they made their money and they're working on a new game it's like yeah hopefully maybe they learn maybe their new game will be good who knows release a roadmap and stick to it have better communication with your community that Dedicated supports servers. you get more than five people pick the right engine from the start <laughs> don't promise don't over promise like just like game development's hard i get it I, yeah. I understand. Like, I don't know the first fucking thing about making a game, but I've been around long enough and I've played enough multiplayer games to know when there's just something more than we're getting from the developer, you know, right. the publisher. It's like, no matter what it is, it always felt like 
they were coming from the angle that they were blameless. And there's like a certain point where things are happening in a game where you're just like, like something is critically wrong and you guys aren't fixing it or you're just not telling us what it is. Right. And just to see it end here sucks. Yeah. It's sad. Yeah. So, and, and I see all these fans. I made a video about this and there's tons of fans of this game. And I feel like they're younger kids who are hopeful that this game will come back because of the way that it was left open-ended open-ended their whole statement around it and everything like well we could start working on it again it's like dog just just put the nail in the coffin and move on yeah i'd say for sure they're just going to focus on their whatever this other project is they've been working on and just this one's probably just going to remain where it is yeah so i don't know whatever that's just like the last we're going to talk about though you have any, any more dying words for this game rip in peace <laughs> rip in peace baby <laughs> so you want to talk about e3 now and some good stuff yeah, E3 was pretty awesome. Yeah, dude. This was a good E3 because we're at the end of the console life cycle where everyone's figured out how to develop for them and, like, it's just games. Yeah. And so, we have a lot of good games coming out of the C3. Yeah, what do you want to talk about first? Uh, I think... What was, what was your favorite thing? Like, what, what was the thing you're most excited for from E3? Oh, man, that's a tough question. I really liked... Uh, I thought that Doom Eternal looked pretty cool even though it was pretty much just a teaser yeah um, i like that it's on earth yeah and that pete pete hines did that interview like two months ago or whatever with that random ass site and he's yeah. like ah you know how e3 is it's hell on earth remember yeah. we talked about that and we're like is he teasing deep doom 2 and look he's teasing doom 2 it's yeah. hell on earth yeah that's awesome but uh, i think the game that actually looked the best was rage 2 oh god damn that game looks good i I don't even know, like, why... I was like, remember we were like, why are they doing Rage again? But then they come out, they're like, look, we took the shooting from Doom, added more powers, and combined it with the driving from the Mad Max game. Yeah, I mean, and this it looks, looks like... awesome. Awesome. Like, the <laughs> gameplay looks just incredible. The design of the villains, the gunplay, car the mechanics... Colors, like, the, the colors, like, the colors, so cool. Yeah, it just looks so vibrant and super fun i can't wait to get my hands on it and, and you know what was really cool uh chris plant from polygon he we've both been fans of him forever yeah uh, he, really nice guy he is a he was born with a cleft palate you know he has that whole thing he's still dealing with that he's had a lot of surgeries mm-hmm. and he asked uh someone from bethesda like i think like the lead designer on rage 2 or something he's like why do all these mutants have a cleft palate and instead of being like defensive and shitty about it and blah 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 the guy was like oh like, I didn't even think about that. Like, that would be upsetting to someone with, like, born with a cleft palate that all of our enemies look like they have cleft palates. Like, yeah, almost like saying that that's a bad thing or, like... He, like, legit straight up apologized, said he'll, like, see what they can do about changing that because the game comes out next year. But, like, I don't know. I, I thought that was really cool on Bethesda's part. And this is kind of, like, a semantics thing, but I also thought it was really cool that during Bethesda's thing, they started out by showing that, like their company has more people than just game developers working there you know like they should accountants and like yeah. desk reception like they showed that, that cool. there's like way more that goes into developing a game than you really ever think right. i mean it's a full business it's not just like making a game i mean there's people in all levels that are you know involved in it so it was cool to yeah. see you know usually you only think of like todd howard at bethesda but there's really a lot of people there <laughs> i mean we all know he's doing everything. So. Well, yeah. He's over there. He's got one hand on one keyboard making Elder Scrolls 6. He's got his left hand on the other keyboard making Starfield. Uh, you know what else I really thought was cool? That they're still supporting Prey. Yeah. Like, I mean, seriously, a game that, like, critically did pretty, like, panned No, critically it did well. 
It just, it sold like shit. Yeah, it didn't sell very well. And that's like something where they could have completely just ignored that game and just been like, yeah, like we're never going to do anything for Prey. But that team was like, we've made this whole new mode that's like super crazy and it comes out tonight. It's like crazy. Yeah, it's awesome. I played it. I've, I've been playing it. It's so great. And they, they announced a 5v1 multiplayer mode where one person's a mimic and the rest of the people have to try and find and kill them. That's like what? Cool. Yeah. Like, I mean, this is crazy. It, it's cool the level of like creativity and new ideas that they have going on in that company for sure. Yeah, uh, Fallout seventy six I think looks awesome. Yeah, I'm excited for that. Uh, I wasn't too sure about it going in because I, you know, there was a lot of rumors going around yeah, about yeah. it because there wasn't really. We only got that teaser the day before the Bethesda event, uh, so we didn't really get to actually see any gameplay until the Bethesda event itself. But I mean, it looks it looks pretty cool. Like. I like that it's supposed to be kind of uh, smaller groups where it's like you're not playing with thousands of people, you're playing with dozens. So, you know, you aren't, you're probably not going to be running into like enemies all the time since the map is four times bigger than Fallout 4 and there's like, let's say 36 people on the map. Like, when you're one person on Fallout 4's map, you can get lost. So, like, (laughs) I don't. And it's four times the size. Like, there's definitely... There will be times where you see other people, but I think mostly it's going to be kind of a, a rare, like, a cool thing to see another person. Yeah, and you'll be able to see everyone on the map, so no one's going to be able to come up and come up behind you and kill you, you know? Like... Yeah. If You're going to know when a group of other people are coming towards you, and you're, you're going to have time to defend your... Like, you know, get your defenses up, because it's a giant map. Right. And <laughs> the cool thing is... Um, the like the pve elements of it where you can group up with a few of your friends and fight this massive monster and you can all get cool rewards from it and you can like oh man that group of guys were like really shitty so i'm gonna go and get the nuke and blow up their base like it's cool yeah and i like that you can't just like find a nuke you have to like find launch codes fight through a dungeon like and then right it's a whole process yeah just like people are going to be griefing other people like the entire time so it's cool i i wasn't 100% sure going into it, but after seeing a little bit of gameplay footage, that is a game that I'm really excited for. I can't... Hopefully it's an open beta, so we can actually... It is. You just have to pre-order the game, and then you get in. Yeah, so that's cool. So, so definitely... the secret is, just go on Amazon, pre-order the game, and if you don't like the beta, you can just cancel the pre-order. Because yeah. they don't charge you until the game ships. Yeah, so I'm... So you can get in for free. Yeah, I want to play the beta for sure. I pre-ordered the Power Armor edition. Oh, you're one of the lucky people that got that since they're all, they're all Mario out 64, of those. dude. Just got to turn on those notifications. <laughs> uh, me and Andy from Game Ranks, who was on a couple weeks ago, he, me and him are both like addicted to buying shit. So, like, we 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 talk on Discord a lot, and then as soon as Mario 64 tweeted out that link, we both sent it to each other at the exact same time. <laughs> <laughs> it was hilarious. Like, I'm excited for that. And they also, I was looking on the Bethesda website. They have a build-your-own Pip-Boy, like a model that snaps together, but it's metal and cloth and comes with all the tools you need. It's like 150 bucks. I'm seriously considering buying it. That'd be cool to just be like a display piece. Yeah, it looks so cool. And they have they have really highly detailed statues on the store now that are like priced fairly. Uh-huh. You can get a full power armor one for 50 bucks. They have a vault girl for 50 Like and They have a dog meat for 50 They're all 50 bucks. Mm-hmm uh it's i just like what they do i don't know i've become a bethesda fanboy in like a year (laughs) yeah fingers crossed evil within three is coming out right (laughs) 
Well, they had on their booth, they had a uh, Visser, or what's her name? Camera Obscura? Obscura? Yeah. They had her on their booth. At E3. I mean, if, if Prey got a DLC, may, maybe Evil Within isn't, isn't completely dead yet. Uh, yeah, and Johannes Roberts, who's the director on 2, was like, he, he still works at Bethesda, still works at Tango or whatever. Mm-hmm. And when people ask him about 3, he doesn't shut it down. Like, he's really nice to fans. And he's, like, talking about where the series could go and blah, blah, blah. So, I don't know. I feel like I feel like they can do it. Because, you know, Bethesda is a... It's not privately owned, but it's not a public company. So, they can take a hit on Prey or Evil Within 2 and sell 200,000 copies of Skyrim on Switch and make up for it. Yeah, you know? exactly. <laughs> like, they don't, have, they don't have shareholders to answer to. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, I don't know. that they, they killed it. And then I was at the Xbox event. Uh, yeah, I was there. That was so cool, dude. I, I was so stoked. Uh, when they showed Forza Horizon 4 off, this isn't horror, but whatever. They When they showed the autumn part of the game, mm-hmm. they changed all the lighting in the theater to be orange and brown, and they dropped fake leaves from the ceiling. That's awesome. It was so cool. Uh, the new Metro game looks sweet, I thought. Yeah, that uh, looks play- pretty good. Did you play Last Light? Uh, I started it and get very far. I beat that game because I played it at the perfect time when there was nothing else to play. The story was, like, I don't know what the fuck happened. But, like, <laughs> I like the level design. Um, I think it's cool that Microsoft bought all those studios. Like, We Happy Few looks really cool. I got to play it. I got to play Ori 2. That looked really sweet. Yep, that looked good. I, buying Ninja Theory is the smartest move they ever made. And not buying Remedy is, like, the dumbest move they've ever made. Yeah. Um... They, I didn't know they didn't own Playground Games already, the Forza Horizon people, but they're working on a new open-world RPG that's not a driving game. They bought fucking uh, Undead Labs, the people who made State of Decay. Oh, nice, which was pretty well-received. You played the, the second yeah. a little bit. Yeah, I want to play that with you. I want to play it multiplayer. Yeah. I, I was, like, saving it. And I also want to play Forza Horizon 3 with you because that game's awesome. Um, what else did they announce? Just Microsoft's doing good things. They know what they're doing. Yeah, the, they really focused on just like filling out their library with a bunch of cool games and saying that you know that they have plans yeah. for all this future stuff they got in the works. So that all sounds yeah. cool. And um, uh, Nintendo's thing was kind of whatever. I don't really care about Smash. Like I know it's it's gonna be good. Yeah, it was a lot they... of Smash, which was like yeah, I'm gonna get it, but I don't really need to see that there's like more characters in it than ever. Right. Um. Hollow Knight, though. Hollow Knight, it... I, I did buy that on Switch. That was um, cool. Fallout Shelter is great on Switch. Fallout Shelter, uh, new Fire Emblem looks cool. Uh, um, me, Octopath Traveler is out next month. Oh, so, yeah, the, the demo is, like, huge, right? It's the whole prologue to the game. It's, like, three hours, right? Yeah, the demo is you can pick any one of the starting classes, any one of the eight classes, and you can it's like a time demo so you can play as much as you want for three hours and then when the three hours is up it like cuts you out but when the game comes out you can take your progress from the demo into the full game so there's no reason not to download that <laughs> right i mean like, it's just if like you have a switch if you want to know what the game is like and you want to see like which character you're gonna like and you're interested in it at all just it's free you can play it for three hours if you don't like it don't get the game if you do like yeah. it you you just made progress in it so that's cool <sighs> You know what looked really sick? Uh, Dying Light 2. Did Dying you see Light that whole trailer? Did look pretty damn good, yeah. I wasn't... Dying Light 1 
You, you know how when you, you play open world games like that, you get to a point where you're sick of exploring and then you just yeah. finish off the story? Yeah, Dying exactly. Light 1, I was having so much fun playing it. I got to a point where I finished a quest and then it was like, congrats, you 100% of the game. And I was like, <laughs> what? what? <laughs> like, I'm still having fun. Like, this is amazing. I love that game. Uh, yeah. But Dying Light 2, they brought in Chris Avalon, who's like, you'd probably know who he is more than me. He wrote like every classic RPG. Mm-hmm. He wrote Fallout New Vegas. He wrote like, Pillars, not Pillars of Eternity, whatever these old games are that everyone loves. He's coming in writing this game. And I guess like humanity has devolved to the point where it's like they call it the new Dark Ages, where it's like totally medieval. Uh-huh. I don't know. It looks really cool. I think it looks sick. Yeah, that definitely looks cool. Um, there's, there's so many games coming out that are probably going to be pretty good. So this was a yeah. massive E3. My goal like... is to not die before February 22nd, 2019. <laughs> or whatever day it is that everything 25th going. or very 25th or whatever yeah uh yeah. what else oh but i got to play resident evil yeah how was that dude uh we talked about this on because video games but like i never played resident evil 2 because i kind of missed the boat on it but i liked the story of it so much because i read the novel yeah we like went on this whole tangent about the novels <laughs> being amazing but this game dude oh my god it is it's good. Like, they built it in Resident Evil 7's engine, so it looks great, but it plays exactly like Resident Evil 4, control-wise. Yeah, I saw a little bit of uh, footage come out around E3. Like, uh, one of the big clips I was going on Reddit was uh, when Leon has the shotgun and he yeah. shoots a guy in the face and, like, half his face comes off. Yeah, when you shoot people, even with a pistol in the head, there's, like, their head will, like, cave in. Yeah. Like, the bu- Where the bullet hits is where they get injured. You can shoot... If you shoot off... You can shoot their arm, right? You can shoot, like, at the elbow. And then their arm will, like, goop off, mm-hmm. which is really cool looking. Also, the whole game, the whole demo I played was lit by flashlight. There was no power oh, in the cool. police station. And there's, like, that split second when you walk into a room and the flashlight lights up a zombie and it turns towards you, where the game looks so good that it scares you because it looks real. <laughs> like, it's a split second, but then you remember you're playing a game. But it's yeah. still really cool to see that. I like that they're just zombies now. They're just zombies. Well, yeah, because that was, like... Resident Evil 2 is time, you know, in the whole time, uh, time-wise of the game, it's, like, right when the outbreak happens, so it's, like, you're in a big city and there's, like, legit zombies, it's not, like, yeah. at the point where 3 or 4, where they're kind of, like, mutated into different things, they're just straight up, like, eat brains and stuff, so that's cool. Yeah, there's a part where, like, Leon, uh, finds this dead guy and, like, pushes his head back and then the guy's, like, head comes apart. And it looked so real and cool. I loved it. The shooting felt great. Um, I don't know, man. I, I'm excited. And the, So I guess in the first, in the original one, you switch between Claire and Leon throughout the story. But in this one, you pick which one you want to play as first, and then you beat the game. And then you play it again as the other character, and it's different. So that's cool. You get two playthroughs out of it. Yeah, I saw there was something like, uh, originally there was some overlap in the original game where you kind of repeat events as both characters. Right. But now they're doing it where they're, like, unique playthroughs, so you're not, like, they're, like, streamlining it to make it not, like, uh, repetitive. Yeah, I like that a lot. <laughs> I'm yeah, fine with that. obviously. <laughs> the inventory system, it looks identical to Resident Evil 7, you know, like, where it's the boxes with the little uh-huh. line through them. But uh, when, the part I played, Leon only had, like, six slots or something. Okay. So there's probably, system. like, almost like an attache case system in the game where you can get more... Space I would for, think so. Yeah. 
Because, um, I mean, Resident Evil 4 is, like, one of my favorite games ever, so... This just this is like Resident Evil Four, but yeah, in a different it's cool place. to like it's, step back into the shoes of Leon S. Kennedy again. Yeah, it's it's even less actiony than Four. It's more more it's horror slower. oriented. Yeah, I remember we were talking about it a couple months ago. I was saying I hope it doesn't control like Revelations because yeah, Revelations like, kind of controls like shit, but it does not at all. Yeah, it's like they want this game to be <laughs> huge, like a yeah. big a big deal. And I think that I've seen only praise coming out about it. Whether it's people who just saw the trailer and just think it looks awesome, and people who've played it, I've heard nothing but good things. So I'm super. Leon super looks excited for really that. cool as like a young guy. Yeah, it's cool that they like de-aged him from four a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, there's so much to talk about. Last thing on E3, I guess. Uh, the Jurassic World Evolution booth was fucking incredible. Was it really? They're, they, their booth was the raptor cage from Jurassic Park. But one corner of it was the Jurassic World gates, and they looked better than the ones at Universal Studios. <laughs> they had two Jurassic Park Jeeps crash out. Well, they had one at the right when you walk into the convention center, uh-huh. and then the other Jeep was crashed outside the booth. Then oh, they had a perfect really cool. replica of the Raptor from one Jurassic Park. Uh-huh. And I put some time into that game. That's that's the real deal, dude. That's gonna be legit. They did it. I don't know what the fuck was going on with whoever reviewed it at IGN. But, like, it's getting great reviews from everyone except IGN, who gave it a 4.8. Okay. Pretty bad. I think it's so bad on the IGN scale. Yeah. I don't know what the hell's going on there. But uh, <laughs> it's really fun. It runs great on my laptop. The voice acting's awesome, except for Owen, who's voiced by not Chris Pratt. The guy is not even trying to sound like Chris Pratt. He's almost like the, uh, the Kylo Ren in Battlefront 2. Oh, it's that bad. It's that bad. <laughs> it's like that inaccurate. <laughs> but they got like they got everyone else. They got Bryce Dallas Howard. They got uh, you know Jeff Goldblum. They got Doctor Wu to be played. I think it's Henry or what's his name, BD Wong. Mm-hmm. They got everything right. It's a great That's game. Cool. Yeah. If you, if you like Operation Genesis, it's just like that, but better. <laughs> That's like the adult version of it. Uh, yeah. Is there anything else from E3 that you liked? You want to talk about? Um, the. I mean, Spider-Man looked good. For yeah, sure. it's like all of Sony's games just look so good that you don't even need to comment on them because it's right. like, what else are you going to say? Right. It's like they just look awesome and I can't wait to play them. Um, uh, that that cover of Take Me Home Country Roads, they're releasing it for purchase on July 4th and then they're donating minimum $100,000 to Habitat for Humanity from all the proceeds. I'm buying so that I think that's pretty cool. Sure. Yeah, I'm going to buy that because that's just a really cool thing to do. Um, the All Shadows Die Twice is not Bloodborne oh, yeah. 2. It's it Neo is... 2, but they also announced Neo 2. Yeah, Neo 2 is coming out. Um, it's the, what? What's the, what's the actual game called, All Shadows Die Twice? It's like... Sekiro. Yeah, something like that. And it's the new From Software game. That looks cool. You get like a grappling hook, move yeah. around. There's like big enemies. Looks like... It's like a from software game, but a little more fast paced. It looks even closer to like a like a Neo than a Bloodborne. So I'm excited for that. Um, I like all the from software games. I haven't played the remaster of the original Dark Souls yet, but um, that looks cool. I'm happy. I'm waiting for Switch on that. Yeah, that's that's what I'm doing too. But um, it's cool. That game looks sweet. It's it's weird that we get three samurai games coming out. Like, out of nowhere. Like, we, we haven't gotten a Samurai game since, like, what? When they remade Ninja Gaiden kind of recently? Yeah. And now there was that get... other game. Do you remember that game that came out on Xbox? I played it on a demo disc. Like, the original Xbox. What was that called? Which game? 
There was a cell shaded ninja game on Xbox. Do you remember this? <laughs> I can't help you out there. I don't know what game. <laughs> it was like I played the demo like a thousand times. <laughs> <laughs> what was it called? I don't know, man. I played it though. <laughs> <laughs> uh original Xbox Ninja games. Uh, Ninja Gaiden comes up, of course. Um, hmm, I don't know what this game was. I played it though. It it, it at least came out on a demo disc. Maybe it never got fully released. <laughs> what the fuck was it called? <laughs> Tenshi, Tenshi, was that it? It's possible. Ooh, I think that's it. <laughs> no, that's not it. That's some other anime game. Whatever. I don't give a shit. <laughs> e3 was cool though. Yeah, a lot of good games coming out. So I liked how many games came out immediately out of E3. Yeah, Microsoft dropped uh, what Untangled or Unraveled. Two. That was EA. Oh yeah. The one good thing they did. Yeah. Um, I think Hollow Knight was available same day. Yep, that was. That was great. Uh, Fallout Shelter. Fallout Shelter. The Prey DLC, like we said. Yeah, that was cool. Um, uh, the new Wolfenstein was... game looks cool. Oh, that looks sweet, that DLC. <laughs> yeah, give me that shit. <laughs> Ooh, I want it. <laughs> so, yeah, a lot so of good. Much. Bethesda just really killed it. They Like, every game that they showed looked pretty damn awesome. So, yeah. that was cool. I want to make, I want to make videos about Fallout, but some, this one guy is just like, overtook the fallout youtube scene <laughs> he's oversaturating like, the market yeah with his negative takes <laughs> just sucks i want to be positive but we'll see how it goes but uh yeah do you do you want to just do segment two in a minute <laughs> yeah i mean we already talked we have more hour. news like there's there's a stranger things book i mean we can just do a quick quick rundown all right stranger things book what do you think it's gonna be bad it's probably gonna be a ya book the the premise is <laughs> Uh, it's about Eleven's mother and the MK Ultra program. So Ooh, I don't care about that at all. Not not very excited about that. Probably pulled be. from the worst episode of the show. Okay, yeah, so probably gonna be a stinker. They're doing a Telltale game. What do you think of that? Probably also gonna be a stinker because yeah, the old CEO of Telltale is suing them, so they might be out of money. <laughs> <laughs> so there's just Stranger Things news. Um, Outsiders getting a limited TV series. That's a Stephen King novel. Yeah. Um, what do you I, think? I don't know. I haven't read the book. It. I don't know what it's about, but is Flint City in Maine? I think so. Like, all right. Um, I, I guess it's cool. I I forget where it's being, what like studio is taking it, but. I, Media rights capital. Okay, so no, probably no money there. Probably gonna suck. Never heard of that. So never heard of it. Fargo star Allison Tolman is going to be on Castle Rock. She says she joined it, but that show comes out in like a month, so don't Probably know how you're Probably going to be a very, very minor character. But, but I love she's, her. Yeah, she's, she's a great actress, and I loved her in Fargo, so I'm excited to see her in that movie. Yeah, that and ever show. since Fargo, they've been putting her as like the overweight mom in comedies, which like, you're an idiot. Cause she's yeah, because she's awesome like a really, show. really good actress, but I digress. And uh, to nobody's surprise, Suspiria's rated R. It's rated see R some for... Pecker. Uh, disturbing content involving ritualistic violence, bloody images, and graphic nudity. 
and for some language, including sexual references. So I'm gonna see some uh, dogs with huge nut sacks. I bet <laughs> probably gonna see a dog with a huge nut sack <laughs> in Suspiria. Uh, I hope they do that scene where they open up the girl's rib cage and stab her heart, but like in 2018 graphics. Well, there's one scene that they describe here. <laughs> that... I want this movie to be the Resident Evil 2 remake. Of... <laughs> um, movies from Amy Kaufman. She said. Um, I'm traumatized after seeing a scene from Suspiria in which Dakota Johnson controls the body of another woman as she dances. The body's woman literally cracks in half. She is torn apart, splitting, urinating, bleeding. It's a lot. So, sounds like this movie is going to be very visually disturbing. So, I'm here. I'm Peta, uh, that. Fandango says, "It really scared me when a dog with a huge nutsack <laughs> walked in the frame." <laughs> Holy crap, call me by your bent body. So there's Fandango's hot take at Suspiria. Oh, Peter Scaretta said, First clip from Suspiria involves a dog with a huge nut sack walking between two rooms. You see everything with an exclamation point. So expect a dog That's with gonna a be huge a good nut movie. sack. Uh, next up, we're going to get to segment two, where we're going to talk about dogs with huge nut sacks. There you go. Alright guys, we're back from our quick break. We're not talking about dogs with huge nut sacks. We're talking about Hereditary. It's directed by Ari Aster and it's put out by A24, so that you know what that means. It's divisive. Divisive. Kind of fun. Uh it stars Alex Wolf, brother of Nat Wolf. I wanted to do a meme. Yeah, I wanted to do a meme, like the one, like, remember the Naked Brothers band? This is them now, and I wanted to do Alex <laughs> Wolf with his nose bloody from the trailer of this movie, and then Nat Wolf when he's, like, doing that crazy scream in uh, Death Note. Oh, that would be good. But I just forgot, and then I remember <laughs> right now. Uh, Gabriel Byrne plays Steve. Tony Collette plays Annie. Millie Shapiro plays Charlie. Uh, I think... I don't really get why people are upset about this movie, because I honestly think... The trailer sold you pretty much exactly what you got this time around. Yeah, so just to start, the this is what IMDb has as the synopsis of the movie. So, when the matriarch of the Graham family passes away, her daughter's family begins to unravel cryptic and increasingly terrifying secrets about their ancestry. So, that, like, kind of happens. But yeah. not really. But the trailer... I think, uh... Like you said, the, tra- the trailer didn't really, like sell you one movie and have another it was like a cluster of all these crazy things going on that were like i wonder what like this piece does to here and like while you're watching the movie it's the same feeling where you're like Mm -hmm. how does this puzzle piece fit in like you're trying to figure out what's going on as the movie is going on and the trailer has that same feel i mean it, it doesn't give away too much i mean really like you have no idea what the plot is walking in so that's something i really do appreciate about the trailer that they did for uh hereditary Mm -hmm. I liked, so I feel like the pacing is better before an event happens. Like, there's one big thing that happens. And the pacing before that is really good. And then it slowed down just a little too much for me, but I still liked it. It it definitely sags in the middle in terms of, um, like you said, pacing and just kind of, like, what's going on with the story. I mean, they do a few things where 
there's like a lot of family tension that builds up and that adds to yeah. some like really good scenes that kind of really solidify the movie in an interesting way but uh it's it was good though i i liked it i think that mm-hmm. it's it, it's maybe a little bit too long yeah i i it didn't scare me either at all like there was nothing that made me jump really which is good there's no jump scares but i feel like if something like the babadook or the witch scared you this is the kind of movie that'll scare you but if that kind of movie doesn't scare you and you just find it interesting that's how you're going to feel about this one yeah it has kind of a similar i mean it's like an a24 movie i mean at this point they have like like a black coat's daughter or the witch or anything like that it's the same kind of uh, I mean, it's less atmospheric than, like, The Witch or yeah. Blackout's Daughter because it's, it's more about, like, the actual family drama and, you know, what's going on with this family that kind of builds throughout the movie. And Oh, look at this guy dropping a Blackout's Daughter reference, huh? Did you just watch it or something? <laughs> did just watch it. Really finally, did like Finally movie. see that movie? Finally saw it, but um, <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about it in a different, different episode. I did really like it, though. But I think it's better than Hereditary. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Uh, it's it's honestly probably my favorite A twenty four movie, but um, <laughs> uh, but back to this one. But back to Hereditary. Um, I I was creeped out at certain things. Um, I don't really want to spoil any of the scares on it because I yeah, think they yeah. work better if you see it for yourself. Um, but I mean, there's like definitely some creepy imagery and some like kind of visually disturbing scenes that actually made like some people in my theater like out loud scream like yell and i mean there was honestly like one of the the climax at like the middle of the film honestly had me with like my jaw dropped oh yeah i was like damn i can't believe they did that yeah so that was cool they're not afraid to push the envelope at all in this movie which is cool Mm -hmm. um i think i thought the story was going in a different going like in your theater the whole time yep 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 i was like ha I, I don't like, want to throw up on everyone who's doing that. <laughs> yep. I uh, did not like that at all. But, uh, I don't know. Like, it, it's probably now that the, the hype has kind of died down of people wanting to see it. I think if you went at, like, any normal time to see a movie, you'd be, like, one of the only people in the theater. Were, was your theater full in Michigan? Yeah, mine was, like, pretty packed. I saw right. it the opening night? No, the Friday night. Oh, so cool. it was like pretty packed. I went by myself. Yeah, how was that? To make it Depressing. scarier? No, I was. <laughs> I figured what happened that my asshole neighbor Graham, who's a dick, and I fucking hate him. He uh, has a girlfriend who likes horror movies, and I forget what I was doing, but I couldn't go with them. But so I went by myself after work. And uh, it was fine. <laughs> yeah. But it's a um, good movie. Yeah, I, di- I did like it. I think that it's probably a movie that really benefits um, from a second viewing. Because, yeah, I want to see it again. Yeah, I haven't seen it for a second time yet, but there's things that I was... After you kind of see how everything unfolds, you want to go back and be like, oh, maybe there's like some other hints I missed throughout the movie, or there's some foreshadowing that I might have missed now that I know like how it all plays out. Maybe I can see something in a different way. So yeah. that's cool. And there's been a lot of like speculation on online of like, what does this mean? And like, why was this like this? Which is cool. Uh, 
But, I mean, I really liked it. I thought it was... Uh, I thought that um, Tony Collette was great. She yeah. really... Her and um, Alan Wolf actually were both great, I thought. I thought that, like, they really sold the, like, anger and sadness and, you know, whatever they were really trying to convey, like, fear. I thought they really did a great job of portraying that. Yeah. Uh, they should give Tony Collette an Oscar. Uh, I mean, if Get Out won an Oscar, I don't see why this would be not in the running. They're really pushing for it. Yeah, and I think it made a pretty big cultural impact. I think a lot of people went to see it, even though the like a lot of people who did see it probably didn't understand it at all. I agree. So <laughs> I give it a 1 out of 10. There you go. That's our official Fear Frequency review. Hereditary, 1 out of 10. Uh, on Letterbox, I give it a potato. <laughs> I'd probably give it a four. <laughs> out of five? Yeah. I'd give it a four out of five, too. But I liked it. I thought it was good. Uh, I'd say this is something that needs to be seen for yourself. Um, I mean, you've probably already seen the, like, talk about it at this point. So if you want to see it, you're probably going to go see it anyway. So I'd say it's worth a watch. Yeah, and go watch my investigative report on YouTube about why people don't like it. Scathing it has 3,000 views, so that means it's good. What the fuck is going on, dude? <laughs> the dog just walked in and shook himself off. He's like, time to end the podcast. Yep. He Did said, he show you his huge nutsack? Yeah, I was dragging on the floor. That's why I couldn't talk. I was like, whoa, look at this thing. <laughs> Alright guys, I feel like that's gotta wrap up <laughs> What I think might be Our longest real episode of Fear Frequency Yet, like we've had ones where we tack on An interview at the end, but this one's pretty good Yeah, pretty good length, pretty girthy A lot of stuff to talk about, so If you Want to hear more from us You should follow me on Twitter At Jimmy Champagne, and you should follow George on Twitter, at George Frizzard we're both playing the Elder Scrolls Online now on the personal computer, so if you want to play that with us, just let us know. Uh, you can find me on YouTube as well, at Jimmy Champagne. And remember, you can go on YouTube to subscribe to Fear Frequency and watch the podcast there. I think that's it, though. What do you think, George? Got any last words? No, I think that that about settles it. So as always, come back next week for more horror news and reviews, and you never know who might be listening. 